biggest thing is getting more in touch with how you're feeling. Like, do I actually want to not work out today? Am I actually too tired? Or am I just really comfy on the couch? And I'm like, no, I don't feel like moving my body. Either one is valid and fine, but which one do we have going on here? It's always what I say with food cravings too. I teach a lot Mm -hmm. about like food cravings and intuitive eating. So intuitive eating is intimidating because it's like, I'm just going to eat junk and eat whatever I want. It's checking in and saying, do I want this cookie because I'm emotionally attached to it? Or am I really craving it? I just need to satisfy this craving and be done. So like it's checking in constantly with what's going on inside. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you will see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure as always to have you here listening. As you know, if you're a frequent listener of the podcast, this is a place for 360 wellness. So that takes into account mind, body, spirit, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever words you want to use there. This is something unique to each of us. But you know, as it is the slogan, the sort of big picture of this podcast, I like to focus in all areas. And it's been a while, I'd say, since we had a physical wellness-based episode. And so I'm so excited for today's convo with Kate Morton of Funkit, Funkit Wellness on IG. Not only is she just a badass entrepreneur and so educated in this field, we just vibed so hard. I mean, we started talking the moment our mics were on and we did not stop. Like we recorded for an extra 30 minutes into a second little like mini episode. I mean, we just, we clicked. And so once more, just so thankful to be in a space where I can not only bring these insightful conversations to you all, but I can also just bring these high vibe, amazing people into your life. And maybe you follow them. Maybe this episode just gets you thinking, makes you smile, whatever it is. It just makes me feel good at the end of the day, you know? (laughs) Good feeling, good vibes. We love it. Anyhow, this is a fun one because period health, menstrual health, whatever you want to say here, uh, it's something that I've always dived into on the podcast. I've had varying depths to the conversations, I suppose. Uh, But I'm just really starting to just keep going a bit further and further, right? And yes, we're talking about hormones, but also in this episode, we're talking about vaginas and blood and not like in a gross you know, I shouldn't even, gross is not the word. What am I? No, that is a societal word to stigmatize and bring shame and internalized feelings about our period and menstrual health, which is such a natural occurrence. What I meant is not in a graphic way. Like we're not talking about blood and vaginas and all this stuff in a graphic way. Uh, We're just talking about it in a matter of fact way, in a way that this is our bodies, this is what happens, and this is how you can better support yourself, or if this is happening, (laughs) here's what that might mean. And so it's just a very candid, open conversation. Like I said, we just flowed with it. I loved it. And it's actually perfect because I've been, since we recorded, Kate was kind enough to send me some of the Funkit blends to try. So another thing we discuss in this is Funkit, which is her business focused on hormone health through the idea of seed cycling. 
And so they are pre-ground seeds that are complementary to whatever half of your cycle you're in. So I was taking the Nurture blend for the first half of my cycle, and now I'm on the Radiate blend. It's just fun. I mean, it's easy. It makes it easier. It's something to try. I'm still testing it out to give you my results, but I have tried seed cycling in the past and I loved it. So I don't see why I'm not going to love this. But anywho, I mean, this is perfect timing because right now I'm just experiencing some, you know, unpleasantries of that like pre-period buildup, you know, where just like you get some skin breakouts, you get a little puffy, you get a little bloated. Usually I get like a bit of constipation, not to be TMI, but I feel like we can all share openly here. (laughs) And so it's just a good reminder, listening back to this episode, or if you're listening to it now, this is such a natural process in the body. And while there are times where it may seem hard or society may make us feel shameful or like we have to hide it or like we're just weird for it, that's not the case at all. And so I really hope this conversation helps to normalize those conversations regarding menstrual health and vaginas and periods and blood and sex and more. I mean, we really go all over the board in this convo. (laughs) And it's neat to hear how Kate even got started in this field of hormone health, right? She is an RD, a registered dietitian, but we go down this rabbit hole of how she got specifically interested in hormones and it has to do with birth control and her own experience getting off of it. So that might be insightful or inspiring to some of you as well. And then beyond that, we just go into a really good conversation to help remove the stigma and the what, I don't know, for me, always felt like internalized shame or discomfort that so many of us feel regarding our period. And as we say in this episode, like it, for me at least, it was something that I was always, I felt like I had to hide. I didn't want it to happen. I was just like, oh, I was so scared of having my period and of everything that went into it and with it. And it's only been this past year that I've even had a regular period. And just the way my mindset has shifted and I've done the work to shift my mindset, like it just feels so much better. And so it was neat to hear about Kate's own experience with that as well and how we're both just really hoping to change that narrative uh, in regards to menstrual health. So hopefully that puts a little light bulb off in your head or offers some comfort. And then we do dive into the basis of what Kate does with Funkit, her business, and that is cycle syncing essentially with seeds. But as we discuss in this episode, there are so many ways to sync with your cycle. And this isn't meant to be a prescription or a diet or something you adhere to so strictly that it becomes disordered or obsessive, right? No, this is just something that you can try. It's like a loose framework if you want to follow it. Um, You know, it's just something to be curious about. And if you want to try it, go for it. But we discuss how you can sync your cycle with whether that's through food or through the movement you're doing or even how you work for that day. And this is something that I personally try to do uh, just because, you know, when I'm on my, when I'm right before my period, I don't want to do this type of workout and just to not overtax my body. And um, I'm not so particular about the food part of it just because of my past with disordered eating, but I love trying to sync up like my movement and my workflow with my different stages of my cycle. Uh, so it's just something to be curious about, I suppose, you know? We love some good curiosity, some good interest, uh, trying new things, giving them a go. Uh, and so then with that, we do talk about the Funkit blends and how they work. And yeah, so it's just a really overall... 360 convo we do have like emotional mental and physical health in there so give it a listen and let us know your thoughts i'd love to hear if you ever tried seed cycling or cycle syncing uh, what you thought about this conversation if you agreed or disagreed with anything 
And I'm sure Kate would love to connect as well. We are both on Instagram. You can find us there. I am at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive the Podcast, or just Let's Thrive Podcast. I really need to get up to date on that, but y'all know how it is. Busy, busy, busy. And Kate is on IG at funk.it.wellness. Uh, she also has a personal account. Uh, I'll link that below, but I think Funkit is the one where you'll get the most information and benefits from. So those will be all linked below. Let's connect. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And yeah, so without further ado, let's begin. I've been like trying to get more into it. And that was another reason why I was like, okay, I think it's like time I sit down and talk with her because then I'll finally get started. (laughs) Yes, we'll get you started. We'll get you all like going. And I'm so excited about the podcast. You're doing such a great job. I love how vulnerable you've been with your journey and like really sharing openly. I mean, that helps so many people. That's so amazing. I just, I always feel like, that's what helped me. So now it's like my turn to pay it back, you know? And yeah, I mean, like that's helped me in so many ways, but especially when it comes to just like menstrual health, like the body, all these things that like, I don't know why, but I just felt so uncomfortable and like, it was taboo when it shouldn't be right. Like, and that's why I I love like your approach to it and so many others that I now follow. So I'm just like, okay, now it's my time to like pay it back to others. Like I share vulnerably because that helped me. So now like I want to help others and it's, I feel, you know, like you do the same thing. Like, I feel like a lot of the people that are probably in our mutual circles, like that's the type of people that, I don't know. I feel like that makes the most impact. In the end I of the think day. a lot of us have gone through it with our bodies and ourselves and we're just like, okay, it's time to like help other people now. Yes. Yeah. So, well, cool. so, yeah. so thank you. I appreciate you saying that. You know how it is when you do your own thing, you like get down on yourself 24 seven. Especially if you just started your period, your luteal phase right for your period is like, it's such a, it's not a terrible time, but like it is an anxiety, you're more anxiety prone in that phase. Okay. And so like, if you notice like every time around, like a week before your period, you're like, man, like, I don't know if I can do this. This is really hard. Like, I don't feel like I'm making any breakthroughs. Like it, it actually can be really related to our cycles, which is super crazy. So I didn't now know you're, that. it's your period. It's like your rebirth. And so yeah. it's like your time to like manifest and start again. See, that's so, I, I didn't, I didn't know that at all, but it makes complete sense because the week before my period, I'm always just a hot mess of stress. Like I feel like mentally, emotionally, I'm just like all over the charts. And then like physically, I don't feel the best. And then mm-hmm. when I have my actual period, like, I don't know, I don't have too many, I guess of the like typical symptoms we see, which I'm sure like we can talk about that too, but yeah. So it's like, now I feel like good. And I'm like, yeah, let's like create some stuff. Let's, let's it's your rebirth. Like yeah. you're like, okay, let's do this again. Yeah. Your luteal phase is like your get shit done phase. And mm-hmm. so you have to like have a plan going into it. Like I'm going to accomplish, like I'm in my luteal phase right now. And so I like map my whole day out basically so that I have no time for any self-doubt. It's like, okay, Ooh. we're getting this and this and this done. And I make checklists in that phase. And I do a bunch of stuff so that I can reflect on like what I've accomplished versus like I didn't get anything done when you actually did oh my gosh I love that I'm I'm doing that next time because do it it's that so was helpful the other day I had so much to do and then I just kept getting like distracted and anxious and like doubting I was like I shouldn't even do this it's a waste of time blah 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 blah, blah. and I was so down on myself but that's I don't know I didn't realize that was happening you know probably hormonally too so it's okay that's good to know Noted. It's interesting. <laughs> and when you note it and you know it, like, so when you're in your luteal phase next time, you can be like, okay, where am I in my cycle? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
this makes sense. It's not actually like the universe telling me I don't need to be pursuing whatever. It's that I'm having a little bit of self-doubt and how can I like address that? So I think even like if nothing else, just acknowledging it, it's like, okay, what can I do to feel better about this? Yeah, no. And I mean, I think that is important because even when it comes to, you know, like body stuff, like the moment I became so aware and just finally accepted that my body's going to bloat when I'm on my period, no matter like what I do, it's just natural. I felt, I, I feel so much better about it versus trying to be getting in that mindset of like, oh, I need to change my body or do X, Y, Z to get rid of this, you know, to look better, whatever it is. And I was telling my therapist the other day, I was like, it's so freeing to just finally accept that like, I'm going to be bloated these days and it's not anything I'm doing. Like it's a, it's a natural phenomena. And so I think that could be like the same as you're saying for just that self-awareness acknowledgement of like, this is what's happening right now. And that's it's okay. so many things in life. Also, I love that you're talking to therapists about your period. That's the most, like two of my <laughs> favorite things in one is like mental health and menstrual health, like mesh together. And I'm like, yes, we need all, like, I think everyone, if they have access should be able to go to a therapist. And like, also there's a lot of links, like with last month being mental health awareness month, there's a lot of links between like PMDD and like extreme PMS and mental health. So I love that you're talking about your period with your therapist makes me so happy. And one of those people, once they start talking about something, everybody's going to hear about it. Podcast, Instagram, therapist, friends, someone I meet we, on the street, like it's going to come up in conversation. Yes. <laughs> we are cut from the same cloth. I mean, obviously like I will talk about periods with anyone who will listen. Yeah. No. And I, I just love that about you. And I guess like, when did you become so interested in periods and menstrual health? Like, were you always this way or what prompted you to really just embrace this lifestyle the way that you have? That is such a good question. Um, my answer is I was not this way. So I like, I'll give you like the whole backstory. I've always been outspoken and I've liked to talk and bomb with people. Like I, that part of me has always been the same. But I started my period in fifth grade. So I was kind of young. Um, like, and actually that's not super young, but my friends didn't start till like high school. Yeah. So like I was the only person in my friend group that had like started minus like one other one of my friends who started in like seventh grade. And so it was like instant shame. Like for me, it was like, I'm different than everybody. You know, like when you're mm-hmm. younger, like all you want to do is fit in. And I've always been a little different. And like, I was like, great. This is like one more thing. that's just going to like make me different than everybody else. And like, it made me feel honestly, this is like completely honest because I struggled with like disordered eating and eating disorder from really early. It started around that time because I was convinced that because I had, and like when our bodies have body fat, it is like when we start our periods, I was convinced it was like my fault. I started my period. And so I was like, okay, if I just exercise a lot and be really thin, like it'll just go away. And so that's like a story I don't tell like a lot of people. That's like where it started. And then I hated it forever, forever and ever. And then I slowly, like, as I got older, like, you know, I came more into myself and like, I started to really be confident in who I was. And then I was living in New Zealand and I got off birth control. And so I went on birth control pretty early. Like, and then I was just on it for like 10 years, like 14 to like 24. And so I didn't know anything about my cycle. Like I knew nothing. I have a degree. I'm a dietitian. I've got a master's degree in human clinical nutrition. My undergrad's actually in kinesiology study of the body. I did not know our cycle had four parts. I thought our menstrual cycle was just our period. Like all of those things. And then something switched when I got off birth control and I was like, oh no, 
this is terrible. Like I've got to learn about this. And that's when I became, so only like four years ago, I became very into hormone health. I became a hormone specialist in nutrition. And then I just started digging into all these things and learning how empowering our cycle was. And so starting Funk It was really like coming 360 for me from this little girl who was so ashamed of like who she was and her body and her cycle and her womanhood to coming all the way around to being super proud of it and never wanting anyone to feel the way I felt as like a little girl, because we've all had a feeling of shame and it's not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. So to carry that for so long, and I, and I don't think that that's an uncommon story. I think a lot of people have that story around their cycles and their periods. So to answer your question, no, I hated my period. I was ashamed of it. And I had a great supportive mom. Like it had nothing to do with like a lack of education. It was just like something inside of me not being the same as my peers really like set it off for me. Well, yeah. And I think the way I always think about it is same thing, right? Like you could have a very supportive, you know, mother, motherly figure, someone in your life there to support you in it. But I think like the bigger issue and what I struggled with always was just, I mean, we're essentially taught to like hide it, right? Like it's, it's not like, I don't know. I just felt like everything was done in secret regarding periods and like your, you know, period health and menstrual health and all of that. And so it always just felt to me like something you had to hide. And whenever I feel like I have to hide something, like automatically that feeling of shame comes in and shame is such a heavy burden to carry. It is that feeling of I am inherently wrong versus guilt, you know, which is more action-based. So to have that feeling of shame around uh, such a natural process, like it, it's upsetting to me, like now that I've realized how long I lived in that and I now see so many others living in that. And that's what drew me so much to people like you that are just sharing in such a vulnerable way. And I do love that 360 turn you took with it. And it just, it's like, we were talking in the beginning, like that's how you create impact. Like you, you experience something and now you're turning it into a way to help others through it as well. Yeah. And that's the goal. And I think like, you're so right. Like when we feel shame is when, you know, if I would have just thought it was something normal that happens and like, and it's, that's a good point. Like, it's not that my mom or anyone else made me feel inherently shameful about it. It's that society shamed it. And it was like, oh, you have your period and like all these terrible things. So then you internalize that. And as an 11 year old girl, like you're just falling to what society's putting on you. And it's a lot to put on a little person, you know? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I guess I'm curious now, like what your thoughts are on how we can start to shift that narrative, right? To go from that place where there's, there's fear, anxiety, shame, like kind of confusion around our menstrual cycle and hormone health. And how can we start to shift that narrative and get people like excited about it? Right. Because I've like, you're, you get so excited about it and I just love it. Like it, it breeds more excitement to come from it. And so I guess, you know, whether that's sharing like a few of the kind of more exciting or fascinating parts of the cycle that really like get you excited or just neat things that we should know. I'm just curious, like how, how we can start to shift that for people, you know, especially any of those listening. Cause I know at the end of the day, like it's still sometimes hard for me to not fall into those old feelings regarding my period and menstrual cycle. Yeah, it's really hard. And like, even like when I first moved to Austin, like a couple of years ago, I was working in a 100% like male, I was the only female at my company and it was mm -hmm. tech. And I remember I had a yeast infection and this is like kind of related to period health and I needed to go to the doctor and my boss like would not let me off work. And we were in a meeting and he was like, 
why do you need to go? And he was like, I, I finally sat him like at a table with like five other guys. I was like, I have a yeast infection. I need to go to the gynecologist. And he was that's so inappropriate. And I was like, you literally pushed me to the point where I had to say like, I, and it made me like, even the confident person I am feel embarrassed. So I guess like the question about menstrual health and getting people excited about it. And, you know, I don't know if this would have changed 11 year old me's version of shame, but I think the more it's in pop culture. So I really believe there's a lot of power in pop culture and in social media and in just like our daily conversation. Um, yes, I would love to reform sex education in Texas in the whole United States. And I would love to do all of that. But I actually think if we start making it a positive thing in pop culture, like think about if you're like favorite, like teen, like as a teen, your movie, whatever you're watching, like high school musical I loved, like when I was that age. If they had like openly talked about periods and it had been like a cool thing, maybe you would feel better about it. Or, you know, on Instagram, there's a really fun brand. And this is like where we really try with Funkit to be fun and exciting and honest is like, if we can shift the pop culture's view of menstruation and make it cool and make it exciting, I actually think that's super impactful for younger girls. And I mean, people our age and women older than us, like, there's so much shame around it all the way up, like through my mom's generation and so much past that. If we can make it fun in pop culture and we can learn, like you said, like education is key. Mm -hmm. So teaching, like even if in pop culture, we can teach fun facts about our cycle or learn how to use it as a superpower or not make derogatory PMS jokes. Like if we could just make it this normal part of life in our society, I think it would be a complete change because when I started normalizing it in my life and my friends around me started normalizing it, it felt normal because it is normal, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I semi-relate where, so I work part-time at Two Hands Cafe and for a while we were shifting staff and there was only me and one other woman working. And I mean, all the guys are wonderful. I love them. They're all like family to me, but still it's like all guys. And the one day we were it was, you know, I was on my period. It was a very intense one. And I had wanted nothing more than to be in bed. And yeah, I'd been working on my feet for eight hours straight. I was pissed the fuck off by the end of that day. My, my manager came up to me and he said something like, you know, in, like that I had done a great job, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, but like, are you okay? You don't like something seems off. And I just had this thought of like, I wish like they only knew what I was going through all day. And then I had that thought. And a second later, I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna tell them. And so I was like, you know what? I'm on my period. And I was like listening X, Y, Z, why I don't feel good, blah, blah, blah. And then he just like looks at me and he's like, I'm sorry. Okay. Like, do you need some rest? I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it was just funny. And then, you know, since I've done that, it'll come up again where they'll just be like, oh, are you okay? Like, everything's okay. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just like on my period. Right. And I just, I've started to, like you said, like you normalize it for yourself. And then it starts to normalize something that is so normal with everyone around you and whether that's your friends, family, coworkers, whatever, it's just so interesting how that happens. And I guess going off of this before I forget, I wanted to ask you when it comes to people we're around, and I think you talked about this once before, but the connection between, right? Like if you're working in probably like a male dominated field, and then if you're working with like women or, you know, those with cycles, how does that impact our own? And I know that was like a bit of a shift, but I, I've been so curious about this because it's happening at work now that we have like six women working there now. And I'm, I'm kind of curious how this happens and what is going on there. 
It's such a great question. First off, I'm so proud of you for doing that <laughs> because it is awesome and it's super empowering. And like, also you're empowering the people around you. Mm-hmm. Cause like, if we don't give people a chance for education, like I've been with my partner for 10 years, we've been together since high school. He's got like 15 boy cousins and a brother and like, no, like, you know, no real, like not a lot of girls in his life. He learned so much and he's actually a part of Funk It now and, and he's empowered. But when we, I think it's important to give people the option and I'm really proud of you for doing that at work because that's hard. So I just wanted to acknowledge that because I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that's amazing that you did that. And you probably felt so much better. Oh my gosh, I did. Cause it was just like once more, I wasn't internalizing that frustration and taking it home. I just let it out. You know, I just spewed it out. And then I was like, okay, they know I'm done. We're good. <laughs> I love that. Um, but to your question about um, cycles and thinking. So I'm going to give you what the official research says, and then I'm going to give you my personal experience. I love it. Okay. Things are very different, but I do like to go back to research. There is no scientific research that our cycles sync. Absolutely none. Um, scientists say it's by chance if it does happen. I will say my entire team cycle is sync and we work in person together. Um, so it's interesting. And I think what's really cool, like, you know, it makes me so mad. Like you get this bad rap about like, you work with an office full of women, like, oh, that must be terrible at one time of the month. And it's like, first off, that's derogatory. Second off, really our PMS, if we manage it correctly, can be like nothing at all. You're still bleeding. You're still tired. Your body's inflamed. Sure. But no, doesn't mean everyone's like fighting. And three, it's really cool if you have the ability to work with your cycle. So when it comes to like content planning or anything creative, getting that done in your follicular phase. And if everyone can talk about their cycles, you can actually plan everyone's work schedule around their cycle to maximize it. So um, you're in your period now. So like right around your period to follicular phase, sometimes people don't feel creative in their period. Just everyone's different. It sounds like you do, which is awesome. So you have this whole follicular phase of creativity. Ovulation is like when you're like shining, like hot, hot. You like want to like book all your meetings and all your important things. If you're speaking on stage, that's a great time to do it if you can do it. Then your luteal phase, which is our longest phase, which goes from ovulation to period. That's when we really want to dig in and get things done. So we've like planted the seeds and we've put all the ideas out there in our follicular phase. Our luteal phase is about watering the seeds and growing them. So like putting in the work to get them done. So it makes sense. Like I'm in my luteal phase now and I'm very task oriented. Like I said, I make lists. I have to check things off, which in my follicular phase, I don't do. I let my brain be more creative and free. And so if you can coordinate with everyone on your team and figure out where they are, So yeah, if someone's in their like get shit done phase and you're coming over to them constantly want to brainstorm ideas, you can see where that might cause some miscommunication. And so if you can be aware and educate each other and talk about it, you can actually maximize um, cycles. So that's my biggest advice. I think when you are working with other people with cycles, talking about where you are, being open, um, doing education. If anyone who's listening has an office, they want me to come in and educate about cycles. I am here for it. I will come in to your office on zoom or in person, if you're in Austin and teach you all these things. Um, but yeah, no research that cycle sync, my whole team cycle is synced. And I think it's important for us to talk about cycles at work because it can actually help maximize 
productivity and self-worth and job satisfaction versus internalizing it and feeling pissed off. Oh, I freaking love that. And I'll support your, you know, this all, because as I said, I think you had, you had brought it up at like one point a while ago. And so then, you know, I was in two hands and as we started bringing more women into the, onto the team, I would just, I don't know, one of us would say something about her period. And then every single one of them, you know, and by this point, it's been about eight of them have, have had the same realization of like at a prior job or whatever. They're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like at my old job, like my period, like nearly entirely changed. Cause like we, we were all synced up by the end of it. And then they're like, and now I'm at this new place. And now it's like my period's a few days late or blah, blah, blah. And or a few days early, yeah, yeah. Or a few days early or something. And it's, it was just crazy to me because it was something I was sort of experiencing. But then to have eight entirely random individuals, you know, of all different backgrounds, all different ages come in and they already knew what I was referring to because they had experienced it themselves. I was like, this is insane. You know, like it's not the power of suggestion. It's not like, oh, you're a hormone specialist. Of course, you're going to think that it's like, no, here's me like a, a waitress. And I've experienced this with multiple people throughout it. And so it's, that's, what's just mind boggling to me. And I mean, not not even that mind boggling. Like it, it makes sense. Like when you think about it, I don't know, it's just so interesting. And so, um, yeah, I guess I'm just kind of curious then, you know, is that when it does, so I guess let's dive into funk it because we're talking about like syncing here, a bit of like cycle syncing when it comes to other individuals and how we can best work with our own cycle. But could you just give like the lowdown and background of what cycle syncing is when it comes to, you know, what you're doing with Funkit and the seeds and how that really impacts it from, you know, the PMS symptoms to how we're operating during the time. Uh, I guess let's just sort of shift in that direction for now. Yeah. So with Funkit, um, I mentioned this earlier, but I was on birth control for like 10 years. I got off of it and I hadn't really experienced PMS because I've been on birth control. And for people who don't know this, when you are on birth control, you're not having a real period you are not ovulating and you are not having a cycle or you shouldn't be. That's the, that's the premise and the goal of birth control. Um, so yeah, you don't really experience PMS. If you're on, there's some different ones like copper IUD and different things like are different, but if we're talking about the birth control pill, just like the most widely recognized one, those are things are all true. And so you're not having those hormone fluctuations. Um, you're not really having highs and lows. You're kind of just even keel. And so I got off birth control because I had one in my arm. I don't know if anyone's heard of the next one on. It's terrible. And there's a bunch of lawsuits around it. Mine got like all wrapped up in my bicep. It wasn't working right. Our bodies like don't want things in there that aren't supposed to be in there. So my arm basically like tried to move it out. It was so crazy. And I bled for two years, which like I was super embarrassed about because I was like, oh, something's wrong with me. But I hadn't had great experience with gynecologists. And so I didn't want to go, but I was in New Zealand and I was like, no, I'm in the water like every day. I cannot keep buying tampons or like all these things. So I got my birth control out. It's a long story to say I got my birth control out and my hormones went nuts, like hormonal acne, which I had never had before. Um, I was bloated, moody. My cramps were so bad. I lived in a 400 square foot apartment. So our shower was like this big. If you can see me, it was like tiny. And I was just like curled up in a little ball and just like let the water hit me. And so I was like, okay, I'm a dietitian. I'm a healthcare professional. I'm going to fix this. So I started researching and I was like, what the heck? Why is there no research on this? Why is there no, nothing to help this? And 
I found some supplements, but I'm a really big believer in like food first and keeping things as natural as possible because the whole reason of getting off birth control was to get away from these artificial hormones and substances. So I didn't want to go onto another artificial like vitamin or whatever. So I found seed cycling and my friend introduced me to it. And I was not going to lie to you. I was a huge skeptic. I was like, there's no research on this. There's no way it's going to work. Like, and in my head, not out loud. I was like, okay, I'll try. I was desperate. I'll try anything. I started doing it after about two months. I was like, Hmm, this is super great. And so then that inspired me to become a hormone specialist and to start getting certified in all these different things and working in fertility more. Cause I actually realized a lot of infertility can be linked to nutritional deficiencies. And so it spurred this whole journey of using food to understand the menstrual cycle. And then I found cycle syncing, which is about eating and exercising with your cycle. And it makes sense. So if you think about how we just talked about our cycles, so you have four parts and your hormones are shifting pretty much every day. It makes sense. You'd shift your life with your hormones if you can, because you, everyone's experienced this. You're more tired at certain parts of your cycle. You're more hungry. So after you ovulate a new, the corpus luteum is this little thing that happens after you ovulate, it starts producing progesterone. You actually burn around 250 calories extra, that whole luteal phase, that whole 14 to 15 days. Wow. So you're hungry. And so there's all these different things. So I started learning about it and I started talking to my friends about it. And my friends were all like in the health and wellness world. I worked at a wellness startup at the time and no one knew anything about this. And I was like, what? So I just made it my life's mission to educate and create products that really supported women administrators um, in the most natural way possible. And that's how Funkit was born. And that's kind of our brand tone has been no BS. We'll give it to you straight. We want to tell you exactly what's going on. We want to make it fun and exciting. We want to be like your cool big sister or your cool aunt that can like come in and like tell you all these things. And so we launched our seed cycling kits, which absolutely went amazing. We launched during COVID, which was kind of tricky. And I started with my best friend who lives in Denver. So we didn't know how it was going to go. We launched in August, 2020. Thankfully, it's been amazing. We've got to connect with so many cool people like you, and we just get to talk about periods all the time. So that's like where seed cycling comes in. And we also launched a maca powder because when I started digging into the period stigma, I started to learn about the sex stigma and like female sexuality. And like, so it's crazy. Like mm -hmm. you just keep peeling back these layers and you keep finding all these ways that society has come in and tried to like disempower women and then it's like okay no we are so amazing and powerful and our cycles are a superpower and seed cycling works so it takes pumpkin and flax seeds for the first half of your cycle and so that's got omega-3s help with inflammation think about your period no matter how well you manage it we're tired we're bleeding we're inflamed so it helps with that got magnesium and zinc and b vitamins all of those feed in to really helping you support you through that phase and lignans, which are these amazing little things that actually help with estrogen balance. And that's clinically proven, um, which is awesome. When you ovulate, you switch to your sunflower and sesame. Actually that blend has slightly more calories in it to help with you needing more calories in that phase of your cycle. It's got a little bit more fat in it as well. And then it's also got vitamin E and more B vitamins, which really help with that PMS phase. And they work together to make sure you're feeling good all month long. And they've got lots of fiber for gut health. I could literally go on and on, but that's like a very long overview of it. Oh, I just, 
I absolutely love it. I like, I'm like, where do I even start? Um, I guess first I want to say like what you were saying with the period and then how that leads to sex stigma and all of that. Like I feel so similarly where it felt like baby steps to me, right. Where a few months ago I was like, okay, I, I got my period for the first time in my life for regular at 20 years old. And as it started happening again, you know, I realized how uncomfortable I still felt with it. And so as I got more and more comfortable with that, you know, I started to kind of overcome a lot of the shame I felt. But at the one point I was trying to use a menstrual cup and, you know, as I'm trying to like literally put it in me, I'm just like, you know what? I've never been, I haven't been properly educated. I haven't been comfortable at all with my body and understanding it. And, you know, and then I was like, kind of in a relationship. So then next thing I knew, I'm like now in this phase of my life where I'm like diving deep into sexuality and just like removing that stigma and shame. And I'm doing a lot of the inner work right now. So I'm not talking, I'm still working to talk about it, you know, in a more comfortable manner, but it's so true. Like you start working on one layer and like, it just leads to the next. And I feel like the same can be said for our health, right. And our wellness. And it's like, is seed cycling absolutely necessary? Not at all. Like you could be perfectly fine without it. But like what I found was that, and same to you, I was hesitant about it. Like I followed you, I followed Maddie, I followed wonderful humans that did it, but I was like, I just don't know, you know, I just don't know. And I just put off trying it. And it hasn't been until the last like three months that I've been getting better and better about it, that I've started to notice even my like minor PMS symptoms before, like nearly gone. And that to me, when food. like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah, because food, like, food. exactly. Cause like, I haven't, it's like, I'm still just as stressed. I'm still like, there's still all these other factors going on. Like I have changed. I haven't started any new supplements. The only thing I've done is, you know, I, I eat seeds all the time. It's not like it's a big hassle. I'm just now being like a bit, putting a bit more thought into like, when is it better to eat these type of seeds? And it's crazy. Like I, and that's why I'm excited to like really dive into We're going to send you more. a kit. Yeah. And you're going to like dive into it and you're going to give us all your feedback and it's going to be amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes. I will give the full lowdown on it, but yeah. So I'm just so excited and it's just so fascinating how that works. And I guess, are you able to talk a bit on like the exercise part of it as well when that comes to the cycle syncing? Because, you know, it's, it's like definitely if people can make the food shift, if they can support themselves through the seeds, but then also I think exercise is such a big part of it. And I know for me personally, I'm the type where it's like, feels like I have to go full blast 24 seven. And I've just recently been starting to learn more and more about how that can actually be so detrimental to us during certain cycle phases of the cycle. Um, so if you have any insight you could give there, I think that's another way that we could really support anyone listening today. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm super transparent about my background. Um, I, I had an eating disorder. I was like hyper fixed on exercise for so much of my life. And had very little body fat and really, really ran my hormones into the ground. So I'm super passionate about this. Um, I've always loved to run. I used to run every day, crazy amounts of running. I ran like five or six half marathons a year, like was just very into it and pushed through everything. When I was tired, I ran, if it was raining, I would run. And I really got super detached from my body telling me what was good. And it's really cool. So if you, um, on our period chats podcast, we've done a whole series with athletes this month. It's like launching Ooh. soon. So I'll send it to you. We talked to, um, the founder of the wild AI app and they're like key people in research. They know so much more about me than about exercise. So that one's really good. And then we talked to Sydney Steely, who's actually one of our seed cyclers. And 
she's one of my brother's childhood best friends, but she's an elite runner at Mississippi State. And the exercise piece is so important. So I say all that to say, I'm not the most expert, but I'll tell you what I know. And then I'll provide resources for everyone who's listening. So you can listen to like the people with PhDs in it. Perfect. But so it makes sense again, with our nutrition shifting, we're feeling different. We've all felt those shifts. Some days you feel like you could run 20 miles. Some days you feel like you can barely get out of bed. Fair. Um, So on your period, that's kind of where we're like, okay, this is where I'm really feeling tired. And some people have a lot of energy. So period, I say, that's your, listen to you. Um, I do a lot of walking when I'm on my period. I love to walk. Austin's beautiful. Um, I mean, lately it's been a little rainy. So, (laughs) so walking meditation, some good yin yoga there, anything that's really going to nourish, not just your body, but like your mind and soul too. Follicular phase great time to try new group classes, um, to get out and do something new Pilates. You can lift a little bit heavier. You can go a little bit harder. Um, but just listening there, but I really say focus on social exercise in that time. If you can, that's when you're feeling more likely to try something new. So if you've wanted to go to that Zumba class or that dance cardio class or that ride class, go then and work on that. And then when you get to ovulation, this is a great time. If you like hit classes, or anything really high intensity, you've got more energy, things are revving up. And then as you get into your luteal phase, um, you can still lift here if you want, probably just not as heavy. Um, I think Pilates, yoga are really great. Um, any of those strengthening exercises, but that take it a little bit slower. I think of more like holding poses and really focusing on strength. And then in the flicker phase, I focus more on cardio. Everyone's a little bit different. And then you go back into your period and then that's kind of your time to recharge. But I learned from Helen who started Wild AI that your period actually, like when you're properly cycle thinking and exercising and doing all of these things, you can actually perform some of your best on your period, which blew my mind. I thought like, oh, I'll never be able to run a race in my period or anything like that. And she was like, actually, when you properly cycle sync, you know, like, cause for athletes or people who don't have the option to control their exercise, they have to perform all the time. And that's, she's like a triathlete and she comes from that background. She was teaching me a lot about how actually to maximize the whole cycle. If you train according to your cycle and don't push too hard in certain places and then push harder in others, you can still maximize your effort on your period. Damn. Oh, that's cool, interesting. Right? Yeah. No, that's really cool. And as soon as you said that, I feel like I've I have heard that from someone else. Like it was, there was some sort of athlete and I think actually they were a swimmer and I don't, I, I love being in the water when I'm on my period. And I think they were, yeah. And I think they were saying that like they've swam their, some of their best races on their period. And I just remember thinking at the time, interesting because <laughs> on my period, you know, like as at the time I was like, I, I do not think I could do that, but um, yeah, no, that's curious. And I will say, I mean, like even today, right? Like I'm on my period and I, I felt like I could have done a good workout this morning, but I I chose to rest. I chose to walk instead, but that's interesting. And I, you know, it just goes to show, like, I think another way of just like learning to tune into your body and really be, you really cater to your needs. Right. And we're all going to be a bit different, but it's just, it gives so much room to explore and really see what feels good for you. And I just love that. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's like a guide, but it's not like any of this is steadfast, you know, it's like, do what feels good at the end of the day, but 
I just love that this provides a bit of guidance in what direction to at least explore in. And I'll send you all that info too. So you can like yeah. share it with your listeners, because like I said, I'm an expert in nutrition and cycles. Exercise is something I know a lot about, but I'm not an expert. Um, but I love what you said about listening to your body because it's going to be different. Like mm-hmm. these activities I'm recommending, that's what I do. And so you feel out what you do. And the biggest thing is getting more in touch with how you're feeling. Like, do I actually want to not work out today? Am I actually too tired? Or am I just really comfy on the couch? And I'm like, nah, I don't feel like moving my body. Either one is valid and fine, but which one do we have going on here? It's always what I say exactly. with food cravings too. I teach a lot mm-hmm. about like food cravings and intuitive eating. So intuitive eating is intimidating because it's like, I'm just going to eat junk and eat whatever I want. It's checking in and saying, do I want this cookie because I'm emotionally attached to it? Or am I really craving it? And I just need to satisfy this craving and be done. So like it's checking in constantly with what's going on inside. I know that sounds very like hippy dippy, but I love it. And that's really what I do think helps people is really getting in touch with that inner voice and listening to what's best for you. Because I can't tell you what's best for you. I can give you a guide, but you're the ultimate guide of your own life. Yeah. No, no, I think we've had enough, like enough of these types of conversations on here where it's like, if anyone listening, like, I think they've started to get to that point, right? Like, yeah, nowadays it can, a lot of this can still be labeled and stigmatizes, you know, like woo woo, or that's like hippie shit, but it's not like, it's, you know, anyone listening here, I feel like this is a space where that type of stuff is wanted. Okay. So I guess I wanted to dive into real quick because I know this is something that I faced the struggle of before and, you know, I might still someday and others are now, but what, how, like, I guess, what approach should we take if our period is irregular or if we don't have one? And I know you said, you know, when you got off birth control, right? Like I'm sure that yours was a bit all over the place or whatever it was, but what advice would you have for someone that isn't having a a period right now, or theirs is just, you know, it's like every two months it pops up or it's just extremely irregular. How can they, you know, maybe utilize what we've been talking in this episode to help get things on a bit more of a regular schedule or to even have it start up for them? That is such a great question. And I'll be honest with you, my, I thought I had a regular cycle, but I had been on birth control and I didn't realize that, that was a real cycle. So I expected when I got off of it for my period, just to come back like that. No, it took six months before I even had, I mean, I had some spotting, but it took six months before a real period happened. And then after that, it, my cycles were like 50 days in between, okay. which is considered irregular. So a normal cycle is going to be anywhere from like 21 to 35 days everyone's a little bit different. So, you know, like at Funkit, we talk about a 28 day cycle. That's an average just to like encompass the most amount of people. And so when it comes to your period, if you're getting off birth control, I really recommend working with someone. Um, if you can, the practitioners are usually affordable. Um, they're great and they're huge help. They can provide hormone testing too. So if you have a really irregular cycle, like, you know, outside of that 21 to like 35 or 38 days, I would recommend one, if you're comfortable with your gynecologist, I found a great one in Austin that I'm really comfortable with. It's the first one I've ever been comfortable with. I have a horrible history with gynecology, um, but talk to your doctor about it for sure, because you want to make sure that everything's going right. So having that hormone testing, which there are companies like Everly Well where you can do it yourself at home, but working with a practice 
practitioner to help you read those tests are really important. So I always recommend working with a doctor or healthcare practitioner just to get you on the right path. Um, there's some great coaches. So that's really important. Replenishing nutrients. So that's another thing. So if you've been on birth control a long time, that can deplete you of a lot of key nutrients like B vitamins, zinc, magnesium that we need for these cycles. So making sure we're replenishing our nutrients, working with a healthcare practitioner, um, getting hormone testing done if you can. Um, seed cycling, I do recommend because that is what helped me. And so this is like, none of this is medical advice. This is like personal experience. And so seed cycling really did help me. And I moon cycled, which is a, another thing that there's no scientific research behind, but I've got a lot of experience with it. So I moon cycled, which is like on the new moon to full moon, I had um, my flax and pumpkin and then full moon to new moon. I had my sesame and sunflower. My cycle went from 50 days. Now it's 30 days, which is considered normal. And I'm really happy about that. So I think cycle syncing, like we were talking about eating with your cycle, watching that exercise over exercising is a huge cause of either your period disappearing or being very irregular making sure you're feeding your body properly and working with some kind of practitioner just to eliminate, you know, there are some things, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, fibroids, there are things that can cause a regular cycle. So just if you think that you might have some of that, checking in, getting some testing done, but overall feeding your body, resting, sleep, huge. Sleep is the number one thing for hormones. If you are not sleeping, nothing else you're doing that we've talked about, it won't matter. Like if you're not sleeping, you're drinking too much caffeine and you're not feeding your body, your cycle is not going to be happy. I love that. And I, it seems so simple, right? Like sleep, food, like that stuff. I will say, and I've said this on the podcast before, when my period decided to come back in this past fall of 2020, my life was anything but like comfortable, right? Like I I was still having a lot of stress. I probably wasn't sleeping quite enough, but what I was finally doing is that I quit pushing myself to exercise these extreme. I quit doing all the hit. I quit forcing myself to run every day. I quit. Like, so I, I changed my relationship with exercise to be low impact bar strength, really in tune. And then I started to eat enough and I started to let myself gain weight. And with that, you know, I did start to prioritize sleep a bit more. I started to prioritize water and just like these simple shifts that I, you know, it just, I say simple, but they're actually, they're, they can take a lot of work and can take time. But that was ultimately like, I know what brought back my period because, you know, there were still a lot of factors going on in my life that I thought, you know, oh, this might keep me from getting it. But, you know, I did some of these, what seemed at the time simple, but they did take time and work. And the next thing you knew, you know, like I, I was getting my period back. And so I think it can be easier to say, you know, to just want to want to like take a pill or take a supplement or you want a magic bullet. You we want, want yeah. like a one answer. And as much as I want to tell you, yeah, just seed cycle and you'll be fine. That'd be great like, for no. business, but yeah. it's not true. Like yeah. it's not true. It's a lot of free things you can do. You yes. know, like you said, sleeping, watching your exercise, feeding your body. Those are things that don't cost us money and we can do them at home. And it's empowering to know, like, I hate companies that tell you you need to spend a million dollars to work with them in order to be a certain way. We're here to support you and help you and guide you in this journey, but we are by no means like the magic bullet. It's a holistic approach. And anyone tells you they got a magic bullet, they're lying to you. Yeah. Steer clear of anyone with that. (laughs) Stay away. Yeah. It's so far away. Holistic approach. 
<laughs> but I love that that's your experience. And like, it's so true and it's powerful to know, like you had the tools all along. Yeah, no. And I, yeah, right. And that's, it's just like another self-empowerment piece. Like when you, and I've, I've said the same with, in regards to mental health, so many aspects of health, wellness, and life in general, like we look outside of ourselves for answers. Yeah. We want the quick fix. We want the magic bullet, but I don't know. There's just a lot of like awareness, hard truths, internal shifts you have to make to see, I think, lasting and real results and change happen. And so I love that Funga is, like you said, it's just like a supplement. Like it's, it's not a supplement, but it's like that aid. It's that support. It's part of this bigger picture view and shifts to make. Yeah. I guess just to let people know where they can find you, connect, learn more. I, yeah, I love when you were saying earlier about, you know, just making education and everything around periods and sexual health, everything just more like pop culture, mainstream. Like I immediately, I was like, that's exactly what you're doing with the branding and with the execution of Funkit. So where can people find you, learn more? I, you know, I don't follow too many brands per se, but I love following Funkit. Like it's just the best. So (laughs) that makes me so happy. That's our goal. We want to make it fun and you know, like you're talking to your big sister, your fun aunt, yes. all these cool <laughs> things. Um, we're like the fun aunt that shows up with all the gifts after traveling the world. That's like our goal. Like to I love that. that. <laughs> we want to like bring that energy to life. And so, yeah, you can find us. Our Instagram is funk.it.wellness. If you want to personally connect with me, um, mine is carbs and Kate. So carbs, A-N-D, Kate. And at, we can talk about that another time got big issues with low carb diet and all these other things because I'm also a dietitian. So oh, yes. connect with me there. You can order our product through our website, which is funkitwellness.com. And I'll get a discount code for you guys, for your oh. listeners that you can put in the show notes um, awesome. for 15% off. So yeah, if you're listening, reach out to us on any of those platforms, funkitwellness.com. I'm in Austin. I'm always happy to like chat and connect. I love meeting people. So yeah, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, I love it. Perfect.